He who has the key of David. He who opens and no man shuts and who shuts and no man opens. Now the door that he opens is the door to heaven. The door to glory. The door to that place that every human being really deep down longs to be. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Jesus holds the keys to three extremely important doors without which we would all be in deep peril. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Mercy Triumphs. You know, a key may be very small and look insignificant, but without it, a very large door cannot be opened. And that couldn't be more true in the spiritual arena of life. What we're about to explore in today's message as we move toward Easter is that Jesus holds the keys to three doors that must be open for us or we would perish in our sins. So grab your Bible and follow along as I share part two of the message, He Holds the Keys. To hold the key to Hades means that Jesus has power over the invisible world of devils and demons and power over the eternal fate of people. Oh, folks, listen, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're rich or poor, black or white. I don't care if you're of high pedigree or you were born in poverty. It doesn't really matter. Every man, every woman, everybody of the age of accountability, when you die, you are going to be resurrected. You're either going to be resurrected to life or resurrected to judgment, but you're going to be resurrected. Every single human being that's ever lived is going to be resurrected one day. This is the message of the Bible. This is what the Bible clearly teaches. This is why even demon spirits prayed to Jesus that he would not cast them into the bottomless pit because he had the key. It says in Luke 8.31, the demons kept begging Jesus. That means they were praying, begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit, the abyss. The dominion over this dark underworld has been entrusted to him. He holds the key. Now, he said, I have another key, the key of death, the key of death. Now, you know that death has been the ultimate boogeyman for the human race since Adam and Eve, death. Just recently, I've read several news stories. They just happened to be in the news, and I couldn't believe it, but about scientists who are in hot pursuit of a cure for aging. Let me read one headline to you. I couldn't believe this. Sounds like a gospel message. Here's the headline. Who wants to live forever? I could preach that. I could steal that and make a sermon title out of that. Who wants to live forever? Well, everybody say amen. I do. But they're not talking about coming by way of Jesus. Let me just read to you just a little bit of this article. A biomedical gerontologist, I never knew that that existed, But there is a biomedical gerontologist and chief scientist of a foundation dedicated to longevity research reckons that within his own lifetime, 
Doctors could have all the tools they need to cure aging. Banishing diseases that come with it, listen to this, and extending life indefinitely. You know what he's talking about here? Eternal life. Let me just tell you, I'm not a scientist, but I want to assure you that won't happen. They won't find it. It's not there. It shows how men want to live forever. I wish I could meet this scientist and say, I can save you a lot of time and money. Because eternal life is only found one way. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have, say it with me, everlasting life. What they're looking for and spending money to find, Jesus said, I'm going to give it to you. If you believe in me, you will have everlasting life. But why this desperate search for eternal life? Why these scientists, why are they digging their heels in and saying, I'm going to find medically, scientifically, I'm going to find a cure for dying. Here's why. Because death is frightening. It's dark. It's mysterious. It's the leap into the great unknown. And people avoid it at all costs. Most people will do anything not to die. Hebrews describes mankind's ages-long fear of death. Listen to this, Hebrews 2, 14 to 15. Since we, God's children, are human beings made of flesh and blood, He, that is Jesus, became flesh and blood too by being born in human form. For only as a human being could He die and in dying, listen to this, in His dying, break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in that way could He deliver those who through fear of death have been living all their lives as slaves to constant dread. Now, I'm not a psychologist, but I have thought of this, and I would wager I'm probably right. I think many of the fears, the phobias that grip people have their root in the fear of death. I think there is a fear of death among Men and women and young people. The Message Bible puts it this way. By embracing death, taking it into himself, he, that is Jesus, destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who cower through life scared to death of death. This is telling us that when man fell into sin, death came into the human race. That's what Romans says. Death came into the human race. Sin brought death. Death came by sin. And sin passed on to all men. So all men began to die. It's telling us that when Jesus rose from the dead, he snatched that key away from the devil. And now he holds the key to death. The Bible teaches that it was through his own death and resurrection that Jesus thoroughly defeated death because he defeated Satan who had the power of death. Boy, I love that. On the cross... Jesus destroyed the primary tool the devil had against mankind, and that was death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says Christ was raised from the dead, and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. Now, since Jesus personally conquered death, he has the power to call the dead out of the grave. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to say that again. Are you ready? Because Jesus conquered death, he has the power to call you, to call me, to call those who have died believing in him out of the grave.
The good news that I'm bringing to you today and the Word of God brings to us is that because death could not hold him, those who believe in him cannot be held by death. The Bible says, by God's grace, he, Jesus, fully experienced death in every person's place. He died in my stead. The Bible says when he was on the cross, hanging there, he tasted death. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He cried out. Why would Jesus, who was the very Son of God, cry out such a thing? Because for a moment in time, He was separated from the Father, and He tasted death for you, and He tasted death for me, so that when I put my faith in Him, I don't have to eternally die. He tasted death for every man. And you know, when I read the book of Acts, I see that this was the message the apostles preached everywhere they went. If you had heard a message from Peter or Paul or James or John, you would have heard them talk about this thing called resurrection. Next Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. It being Resurrection Sunday, I want us to get our eyes on what Jesus really did. Listen, He is the God of the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. And when the apostles went out preaching, they hammered that. They focused on that. They preached that. It was their front burner message when they preached about Jesus. It says in Acts 4.2, the religious leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus is a resurrection of the dead. You hear what they're saying? They're not just saying that Jesus rose from the dead. They're preaching that because he rose from the dead, so will those who believe in him rise from the dead. They were preaching the resurrection from the dead. Acts 4.33, the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. When Paul was brought before the Sanhedrin, when he was dragged into court for what he was preaching, he said, I am on trial because my hope is in the resurrection of the dead. Well, he wasn't hoping that Jesus rose from the dead because he had already risen from the dead. So who's he talking about? Paul is saying, you arrested me because I was going around preaching that if you put your faith in him, you're going to be resurrected from the dead. Hello, everybody. He said, I'm in trouble. You don't like the fact that I was out preaching to people everywhere that if they put their faith in him, the day is going to come when the trumpet's going to blow and the Son of God is going to return and we're going to come out of our graves. We're going to be resurrected from the dead. We're going to receive glorified bodies like His and we're going to live forever. I'm in trouble for preaching the resurrection of the dead. And we know this will take place because Jesus has the key to life and death. The Lord himself was so crystal clear about this. As a matter of fact, when I read you what he said, you've got to conclude that he was either totally, truly, psychopathic, lunatic, crazy, or he was who he said he was. Because look what he said. With religious leaders standing right there, this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life, and I, everybody say I, I, I will raise him up from the dead at the last day. I will. Well, that's powerful stuff. 
And that's one of the reasons they crucified him. Who is this guy saying that, that he is going to raise people who have believed in him from the dead? Like I said, either he's a lunatic, false religious teacher, or this Jesus is exactly who he said he was. And if he is who he said he was, then he was God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was very God, because only God can return from heaven and raise people from the dead. That means graveyards all over the world are going to be emptied out when Christ returns. He's going to call them up out of the grave. I will raise him up at the last day, being the day of his return. I will raise you up. That's why when I preach a funeral, I always say to the loved ones, particularly and only if the one who passed away was a believer, but I say, we're not saying goodbye forever here. This is only a temporary goodbye. For the day is coming that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the last trump, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And those who remain shall be caught up together with them, with those that have come out of the grave. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. Folks, the core of the gospel message is resurrection. Death no longer has authority over the believer. When dealing with two sisters, Mary and Martha, both of them were mad at him. Why were you late? If you had been here on time, my brother Lazarus would not have died. They both had two kinds of faith. Mary had if only faith. If only you'd been here. My brother would not have died, so she had yesterday faith. If you had gotten here earlier, we'd be okay, but you're late. Everybody say to me, he's never late. He's never late. He's on God time. He's not on our time. He's on God time. And God time is almost never my time. I want it now, today, right now. Come on, God. And God will wait years because I'm on God time. If I'm a believer, I'm on God time. I'm not on my time. And he was on God time. And so he walked up when Lazarus had been in the grave for four days. He stinketh. They had the stone rolled over the tomb. He had begun to decompose. He was dead. And Jesus walked up four days, they thought, late. And they told him off. If only you'd been here. I know we never do that. If only you'd been here. She had yesterday faith. If only you'd been here. My brother would not have died, but now we're in a fix, Lord, because he's dead. The other sister had someday faith. He said, do you believe he'll rise again? And Martha said, oh, I believe he'll rise on the last day. Now look at these two girls. One of them has yesterday faith. If you'd only come earlier, the other one had someday faith. I believe that someday is going to be okay, but right now, today, we've lost our brother. Jesus looked him right in the eye and said, you don't understand. I am the resurrection. I don't just resurrect. I am embodied in myself the resurrection. So what he was saying to them is don't have yesterday faith. Don't have someday faith. Have today faith. Because now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So he said, listen to what he said. I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He asked the sisters. 
And I ask you, do you believe this? And he confirmed it promptly by telling them to move the stone away. And he yelled down into that tomb and up from the grave arose Lazarus, came walking out covered in grave clothes, walking like this because he's all wound up in grave clothes. And Jesus said, loose him and set him free. He's raised from the dead. Now loose him. He showed who he was. Here's one last key. Jesus holds the key to heaven. Listen to what he said to the Philadelphia church one more time. These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no man shuts and who shuts and no man opens. Now the door that he opens, now he opens a lot of doors. And I claim this verse and have claimed it many times in my life when I needed the Lord to open a door that no man could shut. But the ultimate door that he opens and no man can shut is the door to heaven, the door to glory, the door to that place that every human being really deep down longs to be. We know he holds the key to this door because he said repeatedly he is the door that allows us entrance there. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man comes to the Father but through You go through a door, through me. You're not going to go around me. You're not going to go over me. You're not going to go under me. You're going to have to go through me. He holds the key to eternal life. I've got these keys here. You know how most Americans view heaven like this? They think in their possession are many options. This has five keys. They think that there's many options. I've listened to them on TV. I've talked to them. I know what Americans think now because we have followed or swallowed a bill of goods that's wrong. They just say, hey, you know what? God just cares that I'm sincere. So many Americans pick an Eastern religion. Let's say Buddhism. They say the key to Buddhism. They say, you know, I'm just going to be a Buddhist. I don't like this Christian stuff. I think I'll just go by way of Buddhism or some Eastern mysticism. It's very prevalent in America. I'll go by New Age. I'll take that key. That's the key I choose. Or they pick the key of Islam. Americans everywhere are converting to Islam. They choose that key. They say, by way of Islam and what it requires of me, I will get to heaven. That becomes their key. And then a lot of people, they say, you know what? It's my own good works. I never get a traffic ticket. I've been a good dad, a good mom. I don't break any laws. I'm a good American citizen. I'm just an overall good person. That's the key I choose to get me in on that day. That's my key. There are people who choose the key of false assumption. God will let me in because I'm me. That's their key. And i got to mention one more because it's become prevalent in America as well. The key of universalism. The message of universalism is that because God is a God of love and Christ died on the cross, His death on the cross covers everybody whether or not they turn to Christ. God will let me in because He's going to let everyone in, and that's their key. Now listen, be careful what key it is you choose. Because whatever key you pick, and we've all in here, all of us in this room 
have already chosen a key. And some watching right now by video, you've chosen your key. And whoever hears this later on radio, you've already chosen a key. You are a listener with a key right now. You're putting your faith and your trust in a key. Which one is it? Because here's the deal. One day you will die. And you will present to God your chosen key. That's what Jesus said. You will present to God your chosen key. Well, God, haven't I been a good person? Haven't I done good things? Wasn't I a good citizen? Did you see me give money to that organization that one time? To that charity? Did you see, Lord, that I was a good Buddhist? Did you see, Lord, that everybody loved me? Surely you do. Because I'm me, aren't you going to let me in? But you're going to present your key. What were you trusting in all throughout your life? Or you can realize, according to Jesus, none of those keys will unlock the door. None of them. There's only one key. I chose the biggest key here, the golden key. There's only one. And it's Jesus. That's the key. See, the Lord's not going to look at you or me and say, tell me what you did with your money. Tell me what you did with your life. Tell me what career you went into. Tell me how faithful you were to your spouse. He's not going to ask that at all. He's going to say one thing. What would you do with my son when you heard about him? What would you do? Well, you know, Lord, I just figured, I'm, you know, I don't like that cross stuff. I chose this key instead. That's what he's going to say. But, Lord, didn't we do many wonderful works in your name? I never knew you. Didn't we visit the sick? I never knew you. Didn't we give food to the hungry? I never knew you. Because you didn't take my key. The key of David is the key to heaven. It's that simple. When I took that key, oh, I had all these keys. I had tried Zen Buddhism. I had tried my own good works. I read so many books about self-help and how to get it together and be a good... None of those keys. When I tried this key, it plugged me into the power of the Holy Spirit, into peace in my heart. Well, thank God that Jesus holds the keys we need to enter into heaven to enjoy eternal life. What powerful truth we've seen from God's Word today. I trust you've been blessed and that your understanding of what Easter is all about has grown through our study. Now stay tuned for our announcers as they will be sharing some things you'll want to know regarding Life Talk and what is available to you, our Life Talk listener. And tune in next time for part four of our Mercy Triumphs Easter series entitled, The Resurrection. you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll-free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night, to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. He Holds the Keys is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, Mercy Triumphs. You can own a copy of this four CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to LiveTalkRadio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Mercy Triumphs, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to LiveTalkRadio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.